Welcome to Lit with Kelly and Jacqueline, the podcast. If you're one of the people who have stopped by our blog at litwithkellyandjacqueline.com, thanks for reading and for finding us here. If this is the first time you've heard of us, we're glad you found the podcast. I'm Kelly. And I'm Jacqueline. And we're back here in the book cave. Today we will be talking about our book of choice is The Only Woman in the Room by Marie Benedict. We chose this one in honor of Women's History Month for March. Um, And Marie Benedict writes pretty consistently about like women who they're not necessarily all famous women, but they all have ties to significant historical events or significant historical figures. And this was one of the early titles. I think this was the third one she wrote. Um, And I think she's up to seven maybe eight coming this spring now. So um, they're very interesting. This is the first one I've read. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. And I did like it. Um, It was a quick read, I thought. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But Can you tell us about it? (laughs) I can. (laughs) Very briefly. Um, So actually, this is the story of um, Hattie Lamar, actually. Yes. Like her life. So she was born Keesler. Yes. Yes. Her her last name was Keesler and... Yes. Hedy Kiesler, yeah. So first names stay the same last Hedwig. Name. Hedwig, there yes. we go. Hedy was the nickname. Um, so it starts off with her. She's born in Austria, lived with her parents. She was uh, at the very young age of 18 years old. She was a um, star in, in Austria, a play. On stage, yeah. On stage, yeah. And uh, she... So she gets the attention of somebody named uh, Friedrich Mandel. Mm-hmm. And uh, they have this, and he's a political figure in just before World War II breaks out with Hitler, you know, um, invading Austria and stuff like that. So her parents decide that she needs to date him, and it actually turns into she has to marry him and stuff. And so it's the story. So there's two parts in the book. Mm-hmm. First part is about her life in Austria, and you meet her when she's about 18 years old, and then her marriage with... Uh, Fritz. Fritz. Fritz is his nickname. Um, starts out all, you know, lovey-dovey and stuff, but turns into to something more sinister type of thing. Um, so she ends up um, escaping, and then she. the second part of the story is her uh, life when she goes to Hollywood. Um, she's a very strong woman. Mm-hmm. Um, she negotiated her contract in Hollywood and that kind of stuff. She knew who to align herself with. Um and so that second part of her story is her life in Hollywood and then her um, foray into science. Yes. <laughs> so to speak. An attempt to contribute so it's not to a the complete, war effort. Yes. It's not a complete like story of her life because it doesn't go all the way up to her death or anything like right. that. It's just this, this segment from 18 years old to about 30, 40. I think it's a total of like seven or eight years. Okay. Yeah. Because I think we start... In, like, 1933. It is nice because the chapters are labeled with your time frame, so you can see how much time has passed. Yes, so we start in May of 1933. I think it goes to 1940-something. And, well, it's right after Pearl Harbor happens. Right. So 1941. So, yeah, so seven, eight years of her life. Not in the greatest of detail, but that's the time frame covered here. Um, And as with most Marie Benedict books... I have a hard time when I'm reading her books because they're very well researched, remembering that this is a fictionalized telling. Yes. Um, we Marie Benedict does a great job of of 
using accurate timelines and getting the details where she can, but some of it she has said herself she has to fictionalize some of the she has to fill in the gaps a little bit with some of it. So um it I have I always have to remind myself when I pick one of these up, it's not a bio. <laughs> no, but I think I'm gonna have to go read a bio. Maybe on on yeah. Hetty Lamar because I found it fascinating and I would like to know like what was fictionalized and what wasn't. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that almost every time I finish one of these. So yeah. So in the meantime, um, while we're talking about this, we will be sipping <laughs> sipping on a cocktail made with schnapps uh, in the book. That it's referenced pretty often as an after dinner or late night um, late night sip for the for the adults in the room. Um, so today, because uh, my bar is still stocked from the holidays, <laughs> we're drinking peppermint martinis with peppermint schnapps, uh, Godiva chocolate liqueur. Uh, peppermint vodka and uh, half and half. So, um, cheers, Kelly. This cheers. does feel a little bit uh, holidayish. It does, but you know, it's still snowing outside here. Oh, oh my gosh! That's it's tasty. like dessert in a glass. It is. Mm. Wow. I do feel it needs a little candy cane rim. It though. does need a candy cane rim, and it did suggest that. <laughs> I didn't have any candy canes left. <laughs> No, me neither. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, they do. They did say that um, if you wanted to rim the glass to use grenadine, so it's red, so it's like Christmassy festive, and then to use your red and white candy canes. But I don't think in the book they ever mentioned what flavor. Schnapps. No, just that her mom. I mean, like, usually stopped at one, but the night they were discussing her <laughs> potential suitor, she was like into her second one, and they were using it at. Yeah, at dinner as a I mean, post. I can't imagine there's a plain schnapps, right? Oh, that sounds awful. I mean, it would just be, I like, don't know. straight. But I also can't imagine j- even just sipping, like, peach schnapps. Like, no, that would be too sweet. By itself. Yeah. I did have peach schnapps <laughs> upstairs. Well, I, yeah, but I still, like, I'm going to put that with a with a citrus. Like, I'm going to put it with a juice. Yeah, yeah. Or, like, cut flavor. it with a tonic yeah. or something. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's so syrupy. Yeah. I think it would be tough. Mm-hmm. Um, but, any, but this peppermint one worked out okay. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So we'll we'll be enjoying peppermint schnapps while we read or while we discuss this book set mostly in Vienna. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, but before we get into this section, Kelly, what are you reading right now? So I did finish my for, you know, the big stack of Ellen Hildebrand yeah. books. Okay. So the f- <laughs> I did finish The Beach Club, which I really, really liked. I thought it could be a little bit shorter, but I thought it kind of dragged down a little bit. Um, so I'm on to my second one of this. Okay. So I'm reading them in order, remember. So I, it's kind of weird because you look in the front of one of the books and it, they have a different order, but I'm pretty sure the second was Nantucket Nights. I think you're right. Okay. At one point it said that the second one was The Summer People. But I think that's oh, the it? third one. Okay. So uh, these are those are the three I think from a previous publisher. Oh, uh, okay. Okay. So maybe that's why. So I'm just and that's a that's a short one. I mean that Nantucket Nights is very jam packed full of scandal yeah. though. <laughs> okay. Oh my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> okay. That, that's the one with the three friends, right? Yeah. How far into it are you right now? I haven't started it yet. Oh, okay. But I yeah. just I did mm. I was reading the back of it and it did say three because the Beach Club is pretty scandalous too. I thought. Yeah. Just wait. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one. Okay. Yeah. All right. So that's okay. what I'm reading right now. Okay. Um, I just came back from being gone for a little while, and so I had a chance to get into a few. I did read um, the second of the Brown Sister books, Take a Hint, Danny Brown. Oh. After okay. um, Get a Life, Chloe, Chloe Brown. Brown. Uh, so that one was good. Um, it's kind of more of the same style. It was 
is sort of a whirlwind romance. Um, Danny's uh, Danny's life is a little different from Chloe's, and so you know we saw a little bit of Danny in that book. We got to you know we got a lot more about her in this one, which was really good. I finally read Broken in the Best Possible Way by Jenny Lawson. Okay, who for anyone who reads blogs is the blog s. Um, that was a good one. Her books tend to make me laugh out loud. So <laughs> my family that I was with thought I was <laughs> a little, uh, I would, I would sort of, you know, everyone would be in their own thing and I would laugh out loud and everybody would sort of startle. But, and, and then I had to read the majority of a chapter out loud to my sister and stepmom because they were like, she posted something on Twitter and she was getting all these like responses and they, I was, I was dying. It was, they were I was crying so hard I couldn't talk about some of them. They were so funny. Um, and I read Hamnet by Maggie oh, O'Farrell. okay. Which I would recommend that anyone read. And now might be a little better. I know lots of people who read this at the beginning of the pandemic when it oh. came out. And it's a book about the plague. Or right. at least the plague is heavily featured in the book. So right. I'm glad that I waited until now that our, we're at the tail end here of well, at least I hope, of the COVID lockdown and pandemics. But um, it was really good. And I didn't know anything about Shakespeare's family. And that's based this with the what we're supposed to believe is this is about Shakespeare's son. Right. So um, it was really good. So I really liked that one. And right now I'm heavily uh, into all the Oscar Best Picture nominees. So I'm oh. trying to watch all of those. Um, I only have three to go. I'm oh, good feeling for pretty you. good about it. So, yeah. So that's, instead of reading, I'm watching a lot of movies right now. So, okay. So we did the synopsis. We did the cocktail. We did what we're reading. Are we ready to do spoilers? Absolutely. Okay. Three, two, one. Spoiler alert. First of all, Marie Benedict, if you're listening, I really do like your books. I feel like after having read a handful of them, I can tell that this one was an earlier one. I really liked the story. I didn't know anything about Hedy Lamar. I didn't either. Um, and uh, like this marriage that she had is super tumultuous and and devolves and like you said into something sinister. Um, I didn't know that she had any input at all into like an anti torpedo system. Well, <laughs> right. <the> war. <laughs> um, and I really loved learning those things. I. You, as you said before, she's a very strong woman. I really liked um, learning this thing that I didn't know about her at all. And and I would not have expected, which is kind of the point, right? Um, I could, But I could tell, or to me it seems like you could tell that her Marie Benedict's writing has only gotten stronger with every book. And so you could tell this one was a little bit earlier. Um, I don't think that the research was any less thorough. I don't. I, I just think that she has gotten even better with time in her storytelling. And I was a little sorry that in this one, the stuff I really wanted to know was sort of relegated to the last maybe 50 pages of how many pages were in this? 300. Well, mine was 392. So it was, you know, it was sort of pushed to the end. And while it was very interesting to learn, like, where she came from, why she decided to marry this person, what he was actually doing, which was, you know, playing both sides as long as it benefited right. him. But we spent a long time, like, just going to dinner party after dinner party after dinner party in the beginning. It's and funny you say that, because my first impression of that whole first part yeah. 
was I was in a play. I was watching a play mm. because the scene never changed or it changed, but a different, do you know what I like mean? Like the set wasn't different? Yeah. Look at you. And she started <laughs> off as a stage actress. <laughs> I'm just saying. What did you pick up on? Good just, for you. Because you were either, okay, you were either in her parents' living room Yes. Or, or something, you know, you were on stage with her It went at the very beginning yes. at, anyway. And then the, the last part when, you know, she married him, it was, it was, they had how many houses? They had four or five houses yeah. that they went rotated between, between, rotated between, but you didn't get much of the house, but you got her in a sitting room getting dressed for the dinner you know, and a dress yeah. and the jewelry that he chose. And then you got um, everybody in the dinner party. And that's really, literally was her, there was a few times her that- Her entire w- environment. Her entire environment was that. You've blown my mind right now. <laughs> I, and I was, I'm reading this, I'm thinking, okay, this is like a, a set on a play. It's just, you're, the people are changing, but the, the room is technically not, you know? Yeah. And I think we're supposed to get that feeling because- she was so tired of the monotony of her life. Right. But I didn't, I did not make that comparison. I don't know That's why. That's amazing. It just, it Good just for you. on that. It was like, yeah. Huh. But I, I didn't get that so much on the, on the second part where she's, you know, gone to Hollywood and that kind of stuff. But again, it was, even, even in that part, she was on a set doing a movie mm-hmm. or she was at a party trying to, you know, make contacts and, and further herself yeah technically so there was really very little descriptive change in scenery type of thing yep hmm i had not picked up on any of that that's awesome good for you because now you're changing some of the way that i'm (laughs) thinking about this (laughs) i mean i don't know if it was intentional like i don't know if that was in that was just my feeling of the book there was very little depth to Um, her environment, you know, because I don't think she felt there was very much depth well, in her and environment. Maybe. I mean, she was. I mean, she was get like getting her amusements from like she overspent money, so he would start giving her cash instead of credit lines, right. and um, you know, it, like the biggest decision she had to make in a day for a really long time, through no fault of her own, oh, was right. like which gown am I wearing to dinner tonight while right. all these semi-important people are coming over, and. And where, you know, early on in the book, she was expressing a little bit of dismay or concern about, like, she'd never run a household. She'd never had to host these parties. She hadn't done any of that stuff. And, and well, I mean, he for, didn't, he didn't for a minute, she was like, I don't know how to do this. And he was like, I, yeah. I got it. Yeah, I'll just do it for you. So he wouldn't allow her. And then I want to say, correct me if I'm wrong, that she was surprised that he wasn't going to let her continue her career and she was disappointed yeah. yeah like she didn't i don't think she saw that coming um well remember when she was talking to her dad before fritz proposes and her dad knew that that was going to be a caveat but he convinced her that it was the right thing to do for her safety okay because it was basically i think in his mind it was a small sacrifice in order to ensure that if these rumored atrocities were coming to austria she wouldn't be affected by them. And then maybe even she could protect her parents as well. And he was more concerned, I think, about her mother. But right. um, so I think that she agreed to it, you know, in the fashion that any young person would, where they're like, well, it's no big deal. I'll, maybe, maybe I'll come back around to it or I'll be playing this role in my household. And instead, she wasn't given really anything of substance oh, to be responsible not. for. She was just this, you know, vapid woman who yeah. had no brain. That's yeah. literally I, that's it. how everyone's are. Yeah, yeah. 
And um, I would have liked when the first time that she accidentally overhears this conversation about um, the the dealings of the ammunitions, or I can't remember exactly what the scenario was, but she relays what she overheard from these two people to her husband. And suddenly he sees her now as this really valuable commodity. Right. But we didn't get a lot more of that. It was just like the sentences were just sort of like I I relayed what I overheard at dinner. But, but like that's what I wanted to know. Knowing what I knew going into this that we were going to find out how um, her science background wound up like impacting the world war. I thought, well, this that's the stuff I really wanted to know. And what was she overhearing? How was she putting it together? When we're, when we're finding out that she's just like spending a lot of time reading in her room or whatever, like what was she reading? Right. Um, and I would have liked to know how that stuff linked together so that when we did get to the end where she was trying to develop this system, and we'll get to that in a minute, um, like how did she, like how all that research paid off. And, it, and I know that it paid off and that she worked on this thing and submitted it for a patent and, and whatever, but... I, I would have liked a little bit more about that. Now, I say that. I really, I wanted to know more about the science, but also when we were reading a little bit about the science, I read over it really fast. <laughs> because I didn't really understand it. And so, um, but that might be where a real fuller biography of her would come in come handy. Come into handy. Make those connections. You know, the other thing, and, and it's true with any first person story, right? You're only getting one Hundred percent. You're only getting her viewpoint of things, and so her her relationship with her mother was, uh, in her mind, awful. Yeah, very tumultuous. Yes, and um, and I would so towards the end, you know, her mother writes her a letter and explains why she did what she did. Yeah, um, which I thought made perfect sense, and it made perfect sense to Hattie, especially as an adult. Yes, yeah. Um, But you know, if you if you could have gotten if you could have seen more into what her mother was thinking or even at what Fritz was thinking, like she was a strong woman and I guess she yeah. probably wasn't easy to live with, but you don't get that. No. <laughs> yeah. And a hundred percent when she, when she made her escape the second time successfully. Yes. So what, what you dear listeners need to know is that eventually she does manage to get out from under her husband's thumb. She makes her escape to London. She gets on a, a steamship with, coincidentally with um no not coincidentally she plans this with the Meyer president of MGM, MGM Studios yes. and has made it her goal to start acting again but now she wants to go to Hollywood because it's easier to hide in Hollywood basically right. and um so she makes her escape she files for divorce and this was all, like this to me this is the stuff that like I really wanted to know like how it was going to go and we just sort of only got like a little bit right um she files for divorce, waited, waited, waited for for Fritz to, like, show up in America to write these letters back. And he didn't put up a fight at all. And I don't know if that's because he was, like, so busy on his end trying not to make enemies of all these people that he was, like, double-crossing or, well, or what. Right. But maybe it was just, like, one more front he didn't have the energy to fight on or well, I don't know. Like, but that's, and that's, yeah. that seemed out of character for him. It did because he was so controlling. I mean, he had her locked in a room. She yeah. couldn't do anything, like, without his She couldn't his leave permit. the house? She couldn't leave the house. Um, she so, had to, yeah. like, fight that, the butler for the keys to the car the day her dad was sick. Right. <laughs> so, and then he just gives up? I mean... It seemed... I would like to know how much of that is accurate. Well, right. 
Um, because it doesn't it doesn't seem like it should have been that easy. Well, and then you know, after a few years, she finds out he's in where uh, South America, right? Yeah, hiding with all his money. Yes, mm-hmm. because that's where all his money was going. But because he. He it didn't go well for him playing both sides. No, and so he no, had to leave Austria. Um, and uh, but he was like, but in that letter that he wrote to her, it was like he was uh, forgiven, or you know, like she was forgiven, or he wasn't mad at her for leaving, or you know, yeah. it was something like all of a sudden like, everything's that's a weird fine. Thing to say. Yeah, she wasn't was asking. Right, <laughs> right. <laughs> But so, sure, we'll go with that. Yeah. So. so that was so that was those are the little things that I would have liked to have seen more yeah. insight into. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I mean, in a 250 page fiction book well, that covers right. eight years with these pretty significant historical events, it's hard to cram it all in there. I get that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but and maybe maybe that's the goal when you read a fictionalized tale of someone is that it does sort of send you down that rabbit hole well, to find out now more. I right? gotta go yeah. find. <laughs> I remember yeah. doing this with Frank Sinatra. I read one, and yeah. then I just had to go read different viewpoints. Like one, the first one I read was from his attorney at the time when he was older. The second one I read was um, more of a neutral somebody who had written just okay. researched his life story. And the third one I read was um, on his. Um, so it was more on the second one. Okay. Yeah. So anyway, it was fascinating. So okay. now. I'll go back and see yeah, what I can find. See what you can find out about Hedy yeah. Lamar. So the really cool part at the end is that um, she has she's heard enough at these dinner parties, just sitting there like being a fi- another fixture to look at. She's overheard enough from these people who don't think she's important enough to hide all of their details from that. She knows that one of the weapons systems, specifically the torpedoes on the submarines, is flawed. They're just not accurate. And she takes advantage of that and and partners up with a musician which is so random because they're just sitting there talking one night at one of the parties and then he says something he's a piano player he wrote this famous piece which i don't she loves yes and it just all of a sudden it just hits her he can help her (laughs) with and you're just left going wait 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 a minute how does this piano how does him being a piano player how is he able to help her with this code that she needs right so yeah yeah i and that's where i start i was like i really would have liked to know more about how she knew what she knew about the science but also i didn't i didn't follow it because i'm not (laughs) that's just not my strong (laughs) right science is not my forte i mean i got it when she said the ribbons in a piano they are asynchronous okay something that you did better than i got that part because if you look at you know whatever but um but that's all I got. Yeah. And then I was very um I was very disappointed for them when this thing that was very clearly could be helpful, they didn't get it didn't move forward with the right. war department or whatever. Right. But their patent was accepted. So you know, in her ter- in her mind, she says this in the book. It had some value because otherwise they would never have issued the Correct. patent if they didn't think that it was like a viable solution. Right. And then they go all the way to Washington, D.C. to make their case. And she's shot down specifically because she's a woman. Right. I don't think she put her name on there. Did she used she? her maiden name. Yes. Yep. So no one really knew who who it was. Right. Or her married name. She didn't. She never used Lamar. She used her married names, I think. And... And she used her maiden name and then the two, two. last names that she had. So, she, so she, she was like, I don't want 
my fame to get in the way of this because right. at that point everyone knew who she was she was a starlet in hollywood everyone you know knew her and so she was trying her best to like level the playing field and then they really were like it's because you're a woman. They Literally, straight they out said, said this <laughs> yes, in, in this meeting. And I was like, well, the, wait a minute. The naval officers or the men fighting will not respect anything from a woman. It's basically yeah. what they... They can't know that this is from a woman. And then basically we're like, go make money. Go raise funds. Oh, yeah. Go sell war For bonds. For the war bonds. That's what you can do That's to help. how you can be helpful. <laughs> And then she did it because she, she wanted to be helpful. She was feeling a lot of guilt about getting out. So, okay, maybe we should have said that part before. So the reason um, is that she's escaping is that now... So she understands now what's happening. Hitler's going to roll into Austria with zero resistance, and um, and she knows what's coming. Because she was sitting there at all those dinner parties right. listening, and she never said anything. So she has a lot of guilt. So she, one more time, because time is of the essence, goes to her mother and says... If I leave, will you come with me? And her mom's like, why are we going to go anywhere? Everything's fine. None of this is going to happen here. And so she makes this decision to just go. And she is living with a mountain of guilt for having gotten out without telling anyone what was coming. So she starts developing this this torpedo system, this improved weapons system for the subs as, like, penance, basically. Right. Right? And... um. And she's trying really hard, especially after she hears about the boatload of children that gets was a torpedoed ship. and sunk, yeah. um, that she's very much trying to like atone for leaving and leaving all these people behind without resources or help. Um, and so I think that's why she went, she did go ahead and do these USO shows to raise money because she wanted to help. She was hoping to do so with an anti-weapon system, right? But did you know? Did do what she could and what she knew would be successful there at the end. And I was really impressed with her two million dollar, right? You know, one event or whatever that was. But she was really trying hard to to like justify that being enough given what she had wanted to do, right? So, I got the impression though that she was she was doing that like. To show them, oh, this is what I can do. Do you know? It was a little bit to show them up. Oh, absolutely, a little bit. Yep, <laughs> and that, I think it was three million that she raised, wasn't it? I, it, was it was a big a, number. Yeah. They were shooting for five hundred thousand. Yeah. Oh, maybe it was two million. And let me, I can find the page here. Um, but so she was doing it just to show them up, and she ended up surpassing, you know, what was expected. Yes, they said the on like the second to the last page. It says we asked for a tremendous amount from our audience tonight. Five hundred thousand dollars, as you know, is a veritable fortune. Again, this is nineteen forty one. Right. It sure is. I responded lightly, as if I wasn't bracing myself for inevitable bad news. And tonight we did not raise five hundred thousand. He added to the disappointment of the jeering audience. Oh, I'm sorry, I said to Eddie, who is this plant that they've had in the audience, right? So if they raise enough money, he gets a kiss before he goes off to war. And it says, don't be sorry. And Eddie, don't you be sorry either, because tonight we raised $2,250,000 and the crowd goes nuts. No war bond campaign had ever raised 500000 let alone over $2 million. Only the high roller luncheons with sky-high minimum donations fees targeting the big donors anticipated those figures, not the typical war bond affair. So and then we're it's only like three more paragraphs and the book comes to a close. 
Right. <laughs> so, so like it just ends. Yeah. But then I did. But in the <clears throat> author's note, it gives yes. a little bit more detail. I loved this part because I, she, the author's note begins, we hold a piece of women's history in our hands every day. I do not mean this in a metaphorical sense, but quite literally. Every day, nearly every one of us holds a piece of history created in a roundabout fashion by Hedy Lamar. What is this literal piece of history? It's one that the time period and scope of my novel would not allow me to address. It's your cell phone. Oh, and it talks yes. about how um, this um, frequency hopping, did I say that right? Frequency mm-hmm. hopping invention about the radio signals transmitting from a ship to airplane to a torpedo um, eventually influenced the technology that we use in cell phones. So I... I thought I I was like I wish we could have worked that in like that <laughs> would have been I would have liked that to be the end of the book yeah. better than well yeah but then you would have had to go disappointment farther yes you know because 1941 to when's the first cell phone you know 90s 80s something like that I don't know uh, I mean and she died in 2000 I think I want to say she died in 2000 really I'm pretty sure she did I want to look that up yeah no I'm pretty sure she did and um and then. I did do just a little bit of research. I'm pretty sure she died in 2000. And then she for the last two years of her life, she never left her apartment. January 19th, 2000 in Florida. Mm-hmm. And and she actually married like six times. She had like six different hus- husbands. Oh. So she went on to marry after. <laughs> Let me open up this library resource <laughs> on my phone <laughs> and take a look. I didn't know. I didn't do any of that research. Oh, I was you. curious because like I, I was curious when she died, where she died. I didn't realize she died in Florida um, until I looked it up. And I she went on to have several more husbands. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Well, she did tend to get married really fast. She did. Uh, you know what my psychological theory, psycho, psychology theory is about that? What is that? She was always looking for her father. Well, she said that about the second guy, Gene, right? Was that right? Or was it, um, no, I saw it more when the person that um, she was working with. George. George, yeah. Okay. I saw it more in that relationship. Okay. She Because yeah. that's she where like she was saw really coming out of the dark and she was like, oh, it's, yeah. it's my dad. Yeah. yeah. And she was comfortable with him and he treated her with respect and her mind was you know she wasn't the wasn't just the pretty face yes exactly so yeah I um I despite (laughs) despite all the things I wish this book had covered I did like the story I did and I really love again learning learning something new about this famous figure that um I I had no idea that she was so involved in science and research um but you said that you had run into somebody who said, oh, isn't she the one who did X, Y, Z? Yeah, and I'm like, well, no. it's <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. And then I went home after that, and I that's when it, part two started. And then it was like, oh, yes, yeah, they're right. They, they How was. come I never heard that before? So I, I don't know. It's uh, So I like that she brought that to light in the hopes that more people would know and understand what she, the hand she had in technology development. So, yeah, it was it was good. It was good. Mm -hmm. Um, And like you said, it's a fast read. It only took me like two evenings to really get through the whole thing. Oh, yeah. Now, again, I'm not taking care of anyone else. Well, (laughs) 
I, I can sit around. I was for reading a hundred pages a day just yeah. to finish it. You know, so I had the large print version. Yeah. So my I had a few more pages yeah, than you. It was did, a little bit longer. It's easier to read large print too. So, but, and I, I I suspect that this this particular story on audio would have been pretty compelling. I think it depended on who would read it. Absolutely. Oh, always. Yeah. Always. Yeah. If you get a bad narrator, yeah, it's all over. But. Um, but I feel like it, I, there were there were some parts of this book where it would have been like it's easy to sort of like skip ahead to see what's going to happen in an audiobook. You can't really do that. Right. So I, there were some scenes in this book where I, I probably I, w- I can envision that I would have been like white knuckling the steering wheel. Like, <laughs> well, what's happening? I did like the first half better than the second half because it was so tense. I mean, yeah, Fritz's and her relationship was so tense, and you were on pins and needles because she was just determined to get away. And escape. And when she the first her first attempt, she pulled in a friend of theirs that was always at their dinner party. That was so ill advised. And it's like, oh, and you're just sitting there, and they're on a train. And it, even in a movie, I think it would have been startled because he just showed up. I mean, yeah. you were expecting Fritz to show up, yeah. but he just showed up on the train, and it was like, oh. and her um, her descriptive language about his demeanor was really excellent when because i think in that scene because i remember reading this a couple of times she talked about when fire burns it's hottest it's not orange it's not blue it's white and she said basically like he like all the color had drained out of his face and she could just read like how much rage he had seeing them disembark off this train right and I was so, I was so like was so worried for her at that moment in time. I didn't really care what happened to the guy. I was like, you got yourself into this mess. Right. Not, that's up to you. But I was really concerned for her at that moment, and and it it wasn't great. Um, but I I was like, if, if you were worried about him killing you, this is maybe the moment. Oh, absolutely. Right? That that's that could have been the realest possibility. I right. mean, I know she didn't die because we knew there was more to the book. But right, was, we were only halfway yeah. in. So. So, yep. yeah. So, um, so nice job, Marie Benedict. If you're if you're out there listening to our podcast, we <laughs> we liked your book. <laughs> um, and I will say that the one at the end of this one, there was a uh, little snippet of Darling Clementine, which is about Clementine Churchill. I have read that one, and I read it for anyone who wants to do this. I read it right after, like on the heels of the Splendid and the Vile by Eric Larson, which was. Churchill's first year in office as the war was breaking out in Europe. Um, and there were lots of references to Clementine in yes. The Splendid and the Vile. But, and again, I had to sort of remember that, like, maybe not all of this was exactly, exactly right. right. <laughs> but it was interesting right after reading that Eric Larson book to come to Clementine's story. So, um, yeah, so I would recommend that one too. I read it a long time ago, but I did like it. So we will be back in April. Mm-hmm. Um, April has a few things going for it. Neither Kelly nor I is very good with poetry. No, <laughs> so we're going to skip poetry month. Well, I could say Shel Silverstein. <laughs> so who, I could do. Yeah, who sh- doesn't love Shel right. Silverstein? <laughs> That's about it. But we're going we're gonna to go with a library theme instead. National Library Week happens in April, and you probably recall that Kelly and I are both public librarians. So uh, we're going we're gonna to lean toward the library a little bit and read Matt... Haig, Haig, H-A-I-G, The Midnight Library. So we'll be back in April with that one, with whatever cocktail <laughs> the book oh, right. the book sells hmm. to us. <laughs> That'll be interesting to see what comes up. Yeah, it will be. And if not, maybe we'll have to poll some of our librarian friends yeah. to see if they have a favorite. 
Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> favorite cocktail um, that they, you know, would read with a with a sort of fantasy book like this one is. And um, so we'll be back to talk about that in about a month. So in the meantime, we hope you've enjoyed this episode and we'll speak to you soon. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.